Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God stories from my friends that I share with you. Whether you're listening on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or needing a boost of encouragement after a full day, I want for you to feel seen by God, to be encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Well, hi, friend. I have to tell you some exciting news. January was the highest download month that we've ever had. I'm so grateful. I'm humbled. And I just want to say thank you. It encourages me to keep going and putting out these encouraging stories. And speaking of stories, I enjoyed having Katie from Dear Mushka on the podcast last week to hear her story of praying and waiting through her adoptions, sharing what discipling her children looks like, and how she walked through a time of grief when she lost her mother. You can go one episode back to hear that episode. It was number 116. And if you're liking what you hear, I would love for you to do one of these three things that have to do with your podcast app on your phone. Number one, if you would leave a star rating, you can even do that one right now. Click the stars right under the title, Friends of a Feather. A five-star rating would be really great. (laughs) Number two, leave a fun, quick review. It could be as simple as, I love the guest on the podcast, or I'm encouraged by the podcast. Simple is great. Okay, one more thing you could do. Number three, tap the three little dots on your podcast app and send this episode to a friend. I don't know about you, but I love getting a text from a friend with a podcast attached to it. Okay, thanks y'all. Today's episode is with my guest, Sarah Tucker. After a strep infection going to her heart, Sarah had open heart surgery at the young age of 23. We talk about how God was faithful to her through other people ministering to her, why she is grateful for the hard things that she has walked through, and what her mom prayed for Sarah during that difficult time. Sarah also gives encouragement to us as she shares how we are all influencers, regardless if we have 10 followers on social media or influencing our families by loving them well. Love that. Here is my conversation with Sarah. Well, welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Well, Micah Hunter, a friend of yours, uh, gave me your name and she said, listen, Ren, I look up to Sarah so much. I think she would be an excellent guest on your podcast. And so I started following you and then the rest is history. (laughs) Oh, I love Micah. So I'm so excited to be here too. It's just like going to be a great, great time talking to you. Yeah, she's sweet. Um, So I've done a deep dive on your website because that's kind of what, I mean, I do. It's just, you know, they're like, oh, it's it's research. Well, it's really like stalking. I mean, sorry. (laughs) But I found out of a few things. We've all done it. Yeah, exactly. We've all done it. So Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your family, about what area of the country you're in, so my listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Sure. I am Sarah Tucker, and I live in Palmetto, Florida, which is a small town close to Bradenton um, in St. Pete, Sarasota area. Um, our closest beach is Anna Maria Island, and I have two boys. They're four and seven. I've been married 10 years. We just celebrated last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and about 10 years ago, I started a blog, and we were living in Switzerland as newlyweds. Um, so we, it's 
basically been around about travel and motherhood and it's changed as I've changed, of course. And now like what I'm wearing, just what I'm loving, all that kind of good stuff. And my day-to-day is always different. I feel like like today, usually when my boys are going off to school, my husband takes them, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, But I get them all ready for school and then send them off. And then I hop on the Peloton. I do like 20 to 30 minutes, not really long, but enough to like get me started. And then I take a shower. And then I kind of get started on just back end stuff that you don't really see on like Instagram or whatever, just like you do, I'm sure too. It's just um, signing contracts and emails and just keeping up with that, that kind of thing. I throw like laundry in um, try to get that done a little bit, do some housekeeping around here. And like in 2019, I really tried to get better about doing something, you know, socially, not maybe every day because that can get a lot, but just, you know, going to get massages with girlfriends. We do this thing where it's like $30 for an hour and you can all sit next to each other and like get some massages. Oh my goodness. How fun is that? (laughs) It is. So we almost do that like every single week. It's kind of like a standing appointment, whoever can make it. Um, So I try to just implement more self-care because I feel like I can get, of course, like anybody can get really caught up in what all the things you have to do and, cooking and all the kids stuff. And I try to, once a week, I try to go to my kids school and have lunch with them, which I, I love to do. I love getting to know their friends a little better on a different level. So just, you know, like normal mom stuff and normal blog stuff, I guess. Okay. That's great. Okay. So they both go to school or preschool? Yeah. I've got one in preschool and one in kindergarten. Okay. So they're both now like full-time. Last year, my little, my smaller one was just a couple of days and he didn't go full, like the full days. But now pretty much he's all, he's all in. He's so all in. A whole new world. That's right. <laughs> and they love it. Once they start going, they're like, I want to go all the, the whole day. I want to go all days, you know? Absolutely. They love it. So yeah. I'm so grateful for that. Okay. So you mentioned your lifestyle blog and that you blog about travel and motherhood and all the things. Um, and I love, okay, you, you said a quote and I'm going to, I'm going to quote you. Okay. (laughs) So in my, in my deep dive, my stalking, um, I read that you said, I think we're talking, you were talking about influencers and being an influencer on social media and on your blog and having a platform. And you said, I think we are all influencers. We're all influencing many people in a single day, whether that's online or not. And we can all pay it forward, whether that's shouting out something you love or loving your family well today. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, that's two parts to it. I think like, right, if you're in the social media world too, which most people are, it's like you can get down like what you have 100 followers or you've got $10,000. You've got, um, that's huge. Either one, they're big. Mm -hmm. I always think about like a room, right? Like, hundred people in a room waiting for you to talk and waiting for you to tell them something. Um, so you can use that time to like inspire, encourage, you know, encourage somebody else and, um, you know, share their business. It doesn't matter if you have hundred people or so many, your voice has so much value. And then I also think about it like in your own personal life, you know, I was mostly a stay at home mom for, you know, when my kids were smaller and I feel like that is just has so much power in your day, like how you greet your, your spouse at the end of the day, you know, no matter what's going on, I try to like just stick a smile on my face um, for my kids sake and for my husband. So I feel like you have all that influence. I mean, even when you're at the grocery store and 
you know, you're chatting with somebody, you never know where they're coming from. So you can just always try to like, you know, be pleasant and, and, and talk to them, you know? So I think it goes from on a social media level and then just on a personal level too, which is, which is good. So we're all influencers. That's so great. I love that. And I love how you said that early on about it, it, no matter if it's 10 or if it's thousands or 10,000, because I remember hearing Annie F. Downs say this one time, she said, when are you ever going to have a chance to disciple or to encourage people that many people at once? She said, even if you have 10 followers, she said, that's 10 people that you can walk through your day with and encourage. Like that's, that's unbelievable. She said, and then if you have more than that, you know, mm -hmm. think of the uh, influence that you have. So I, I love that you said that uh, about, you know, whether it's uh, 10, 10,000, whatever. And also that it's in our mm -hmm. daily life. You know, if we're not doing this, if we're not loving our family, well, we are missing it, you know? So I love that you connected those two. Absolutely. I love that from Annie F. Downs too. It's just, it is, it's so true. It is. Okay. So I want to kind of go back a little bit. You've been married 10 years. You celebrated your 10 year anniversary last week. Congratulations. That is huge. Thank and that you. is a big land, you know, a big, uh, I was going to say landmark. It's not a landmark. <laughs> it's a big, uh, you know, I don't even know what, what that word is. Milestone. Milestone. I'm like, why yes. do I think landmark? <laughs> this is silly. Anyway, it's a it's big milestone. It's also a landmark too. Sure. <laughs> I guess it could be. I know what you mean. You know what I mean. Um, but back in 2008, so it was a little bit before you got married, there was a time when you weren't, you started just not feeling well health-wise. Walk me through how you realized that you had this big thing, which is a big word, endocarditis. Walk me through that. What was going through your mind at that time? Uh, and, and walk us through that. So as a kid, I had mitral valve prolapse, which is pretty common. It's basically a heart murmur, but mine was a little bit louder, like, or a little different. Mostly you can just hear it with a stethoscope. But for me, if I would get really excited or whatever, I, you could actually hear my heart beat outside of my chest. Um, when I was a kid, so they were really concerned. I had to go to a lot of specialists as a kid, and then they finally settled on this mitral valve prolapse. So I had been through echoes and all that as a child. Um, but, and this is pretty much, they were like, you know, people live with this. It's no big deal. Mm -hmm. So I had that in the background of it. Um, and not really anything huge, you know, other than like I could hear my heart and they weren't alarmed about it. But then at 23, I caught strep throat and I was living in West Palm Beach. You know, I just like started dating my husband who we were like best friends for so long. Um, I had just moved to a new city. I was with my best friend. It was just like a great time in my life um, being so young, you know, and then I got sick. And I just got strep throat thinking, oh, I've gotten this so many times, right? And I just mm -hmm. took some antibiotics. And for whatever reason, it was a really strong strain. So it ended up, I had no clue about this in this time. So it ended up going to my heart and like attaching to that valve mm -hmm. um, that had deteriorated a bit. So it was basically going to happen. But, you know, I hadn't checked on it since I was like 13 years old. It wasn't because I had that diagnosis then. Okay. But nobody like... And then I can remember just not feeling well, like I had night sweats and I just would have these constant headaches and I was so tired and like teaching and all that at the time. And so anyway, one day I was taking a nap, which I'm like, I can't believe I took naps back then. What was my, <laughs> mm, <laughs> I don't wow. remember what taking a nap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nap. We don't know what that is but, as moms anymore, do we? <laughs> 
No. What's that like? But I was taking a nap and I got up and I can remember like my vision completely going. And um, that was super alarming. Like I called my, somehow I could like see things after my vision went, like it was all wonky, like upside down. And so I called my best friend and she came and got me and we went to a doctor and they were like, well, this is like a neurologist situation, you know, Mm. not an ophthalmologist or whatever. So they kind of referred me to other people, but I was away from home. So my parents were like, this is huge, Sarah, you have to come home where we know doctors and all of that. So Mm -hmm. I came home and I was just feeling so miserable. You know, I left a job that I loved and I was just, you know, again, we didn't know, even though it was only really like a three week span in the time that I went home and left teaching to come home and like live with my parents at 23. And then I just was like, what am I doing? And then during the day, I felt like, all right. But at night, like I would sweat through all my sheets and my clothes and it was really scary so anyway I went to a couple different doctors they couldn't figure it out and finally my mom like dialed you know called a friend who was uh I grew up with their family so went on all these trips with them and he was familiar with my heart and it was what stuck out to him like hey I remember her having this issue as a kid and let's just go ahead and I'm going to order the echocardiogram so he ordered the echo and then like, you know, as soon as they read it, they were like, you immediately need to go to the hospital, like mm. ASAP. So I went straight there and um, then they gave me, they were like, you have a heart infection and we're going to put you on antibiotics. So my mom and I are like, great. Like, we know what this is. This is clear cut. And they were like, looking at us like, oh, well, it's not that great of news because you're going to need open heart surgery. Mm. Um, so then I had about two weeks where I had to be on daily antibiotics um, before, so the infection would clear a bit before they could get in there. And so they gave me, you know, I was in there for about two weeks. I had open heart surgery. And before that, they were like, you have to decide on a pig valve or a mechanical valve. A pig valve will help you have kids one day, but you're going to have to have open heart surgery. and Or you can have the mechanical valve, but it's really hard to have kids and like they don't recommend it. So I picked the pig valve. They had gotten in there and thankfully they were able to clean it up enough that they have like an artificial ring in there. And so I could have children normally, but just even thinking about that right now, telling y'all it's like 10 years, I'd be having to have open heart surgery right now if I would have gotten the pig valve, which is what they totally anticipated. So my life would look very different right now. if like God hadn't, you know, worked in there. And um, so I got that I recovered, but I wasn't feeling great afterwards even so for about, I still had to go get after the, or after the open heart surgery, I still had to get IV antibiotics every single day. So it was going there like next to all these, you know, people in their seventies and eighties getting these IV antibiotics. And, um, and so it was just a really crazy time in my life and I wasn't healing. And so about a month later, they realized, like, I just would try to do, you know, my walks and stuff like that. I just felt so weak. And so I ended up um, having so much they pulled the tube it's like very technical but basically I was filling my whole lungs up with fluid um, with blood so my my uh, lungs got pretty damaged they're still damaged to this day but so basically I had to have a whole other huge surgery which was actually more painful but I you know after that I could recover you know it was like night and day you know I had the capacity of my lungs and it was a that was a crazy time too but in that time, 
when I was recovering, my sister was going to Ole Miss. She was going there as a freshman. So we were just checking it out. It was like the orientation or whatever. I thought, I would love to go here. Like, this is so cute. So on a whim, I looked up what master's programs they had. And I saw like the public health health promotion one. And I emailed the lady that night. I was like, hey, you know, it's, it's July. Classes start in August, you know, but do you guys have, you know, this is my story and I'm starting to feel better. All this stuff. She emailed me like the next day and she's like, well, take your GRE. If you do well on that, like, I'd love to offer you a graduate assistantship, a full ride, and you will be in non-invasive cardiology as a grad assistant. So it was like full circle, total God moment. Um, and I feel like that me doing that and recovering there, it was so cathartic because I was literally telling my story and how God saved me um, to people every single day um, while I was also getting my master's and everything. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so it's a lot. It's a lot. But I, um, I want to go back. So when you're hearing this, okay, you said you're 23 and you're diagnosed, you, they say you have got to have heart surgery and open heart surgery. I mean, all of it. And what was going through your mind as a 23 year old girl, you're thinking my life is ahead of me. I'm dating this man that, you know, at this time, you maybe knew he was going to be your husband, maybe not, but you were 23, you're young, you have your whole life ahead of you. And they say, you're going to have to have heart surgery. What is going through your mind when everybody else is either graduating from college or, you know, getting married, going on with their life? What, what was going through your mind during that time? I mean, I think for sure I was like having some issues, some hard times, like, mm -hmm. it's just like a grief, you know, you're just experiencing like missing out and, um, you know, just feeling like this is not the way my, my life is supposed to look. And like, physically, I had lost like 20 pounds in that time. So I just didn't feel like good about myself at all. And just like, what am I doing? Um, but thankfully, at on the same time, I, my friends are so amazing, my family as well. And my husband was just like such a rock star. And, you know, it was like nobody faltered as far as their support and their love. And, mm. um, you know, so, of course, it doesn't look the way. It's like anything, I don't know. There's so many things in life where you, you have these expectations, right? And you just think it has to go this way or else it's not right. And I think, you know, you couldn't see that then, but I'm just so thankful for all of that that happened because of it, it's so much better, right? Like God just gives you so much more in, in his time than what you had created in your own head, you know, of perfect. Mm. What, what did God teach you about himself during that time when you were walking through this journey? There's so many times I think I just felt his mercy, you know, I think about like when I had those mini strokes and everything, I, if it was literally a piece of the bacteria going up to my head and if it had been bigger, like lights out for me, you know? So mm. I think about those things there's, and just how faithful he was throughout that whole time and faithful, um, to me through other people, you know, and just all of the encouragement and support I felt, I feel like, you know, God really used so many people in that time to minister to me and to cheer me up and, um, you know, point me in the right direction and help me see the bigger picture. Mm. Well, and I love how you said that you, looking back, 
I read that you said you were very grateful for that time in your life, that it gave you perspective, it gave you courage, it gave you a new path. And I love how, I mean, each one of us can look through, look at our trials and say, you know, and look at it in the light of Jesus and what he is teaching us during those hard times. What do you look back on that has made you grateful for that time in your life? Oh my gosh. Uh, so many things. I think that in some ways it, it's just made me realize how fragile life is and how, you know, there's just no time to like not be living for God, not to, you know, we just, it's life is so tenuous and I'm just so grateful to have that ability to look back and see how my life has gone since then and to know that I have this perspective and like just dealing with people day to day, right? Like I, I feel like I just have a different compassion for people that are sick, a different um, perspective for all people and kind of that understanding, like you just don't know where people come from. I think looking at my life now, right? I, you know, have these two boys and all, and like, I, I love my life. It's wonderful, not without its challenges for sure. But I don't think people also see the hard times that inevitably mm -hmm. everybody faces, right? Leading up to that. So, yeah. I mean, I think there's so much uh, behind the scenes. It's like we're looking at the top of a beautiful quilt that is just the patterns are perfect and everything looks great. And then you turn it on the back side of the of the quilt that hasn't been, you know, finished. And it's all of the frayed edges. It's the, the, mm -hmm. uh, the leftover threads that are just look like it's unraveling, but that's on the underside. And a lot of people just see this, you know, pretty Instagram perfect. But then on the other side, you've seen all the things that have, you know, prepared you for where you are now. And I, I like Absolutely. that you said that. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, um, that the endocarditis is that something that was just a one-time thing or is that something you struggle with even to this day uh, i mean there's still a chance that i could get the ring that they put in for my valve to hold it all together that i could still get it so i have to get echoes and of course um i still anytime i get sick i kind of go i get some anxiety mm -hmm. and it's just inevitable for me. I have to really work through that. But thankfully I don't get sick that often. But when I do, I and especially like a strep throat, I'm just mm. so freaked out. But I'm thankful I have so many I'm, you know, I'm in close to so many doctors I know and I feel like I can talk to them and they can get me get my mind right, you know, and I can prevent a lot of it. Yeah. So anytime yeah. I have like a bad cut or whatever, I'm mm -hmm. I know people don't want as many antibiotics out there, but I have to kind of go that route it. just because, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to have this as a repeat. Okay, so will you have to right. have heart surgery again? I know you said that with the pig valve that you would possibly um, have children, but it would be hard. Tell me a little bit about that and how it was having kids, having your two boys. Uh, no, I actually had a great, um, well, I was sick every day of both of my pregnancies, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I did have, like, everything was fine on that part because, even though I was like high risk because of this, they, um, that, cause I had to be on antibiotics, like when I was delivering and all of that. Yeah. But I had, their hearts are great so far. This is something that will probably come around like puberty if they do have it. Um, okay. it's something that develops, like it's some, you know, it's genetic, but it develops 
and okay. as they get older. So yeah, there's some anxiety around that, but those with their hearts seem to be super healthy. So I'm thankful for that. Good, good. Okay. So you go through all this and then you come out on the other side and then you, are you slated to have any other surgeries to replace the ring or is, or is it no. just they keep an eye on it? It'll be keeping an eye on it. Yeah. Like okay. I'm hoping this Medtronic works out really well for me. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. We'll see though. That's great. That's but I great. think also knowing what I know now, like it wouldn't, it would be scary of course, but it would, I just, I, you know, I think I could know what to look for on mm-hmm. the other side too, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like that. But I just want to also tell you, my mom was always saying like, you know, I just, that it's a, First and Joel, and it's like about restoring the years the locusts have eaten and like how God's going to restore it the years the locusts have eaten. And so my mom kept praying that prayer for me when I was sick. And I like, it's just amazing to see how he really completely restored those years and just gave them back to me. And, you know, my life now is, is just so filled with love and joy. And, you know, I feel like you can't have the joy without going through some of the trials and getting some grit from, from experiences. So that's what I wanted to share. (laughs) I love that. I love that verse too. And it's neat how you talked about how people can stand in the gap for you. You know, when you're going through a hard trial, you know, sometimes it's hard to even get out of bed, but then you have people Mm -hmm. around you that are just going to come around you and, and, um, and how that verse in Joel, I love that, that your mom told you that and was praying that because it was kind of iffy about having children, if it would be hard and difficult. And now you have two boys and so, and a husband and all that. So I I love that. I love, I love that verse that you brought that out. Okay. So my last little round of questions is for my eat, read, love segment. Okay. So I want to know what you're eating, what you're reading and what you're loving. Um, so actually I was like, oh, I could put one thing for all of them, but I'm obsessed with for, um, well, I'll get there, but I guess the defined dish is what I'm eating everything from there. That cookbook. Oh, no, what is it? it? By Alex Snodgrass. It's called the defined dish. She is amazing. So I'm going to, but I'm going to say that is my reading, but I could put it on eating, reading and loving. Okay. Like cooking my way through it. And it's all super healthy and like just. My family loves it, and okay. I sometimes have to modify it for the kids to love it, but I really love it. I'm eating. I always love popcorn, so I feel like I love an air pop popcorn, just making my own mix with, like, some olive oil and, like, everything but the bagel seasoning. And then yeah. loving, I would say, I love these banks. <laughs> <laughs> they're called the booty. They're called booty boots, and they just feel so good on. I don't know, you know, like they're the ones where I just like want to wash them and wear them the next day. So they're great for working out, but then they also don't like snag. So oh. they're good if you have to just like throw on a sweater on it too and go pick up your kids. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good yeah. to know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think you're the first guest that's ever said that. So I love that. That's great. <laughs> that's great. Thanks okay. is great. No shame. Yeah, that's right. That's right, girl. I love it. So what are you reading? Oh, uh, you said the cookbook. The cookbook. That was the defined dish. I'm trying to think of, I mean, I'm always working on like an audible. I really love, um, I actually am in the middle of Emily Lay's When Less Becomes More, which I think is a great oh. just whole message. Yes, I love that. That's awesome. Okay. Well, good. Well, tell everybody where we can find you online. 
So I am www.sarah-tucker.com, and then I'm pretty much Sarah G. Tucker everywhere else on Instagram and all that. Okay, awesome. We'll have to go and and find you, and uh, you have just a beautiful Instagram page, and your photos are just gorgeous, and so I just appreciate you coming and sharing your story with me today. Thank you so much, Ren. I appreciate being on here and being able to tell everybody, you know, the behind the scenes. Well, thanks to my guest, Sarah, for sharing her story with us. And I want to encourage you, whatever you're walking through today, think on that verse she mentioned out of Joel and that God is going to restore the years the locusts have eaten. Okay, so I want to tell you, I'm working on an awesome freebie for y'all. So if you go to renrobbins.com and wait for the pop-up and put your email address in, you're going to get a freebie from me. And let me tell you, I am working on it already, and I cannot wait to share it with you. It, oh, I want to tell you so badly, but I am working on an excellent quiz for you to take. But for now... You are going to get my five ways to be a great friend. And then in March, March the 1st, you will be able to get the fun quiz I'm working on. Remember, you can find the Friends of a Feather community on Instagram and on Facebook. I would love to connect with you in the DMs, direct messages. Also, the Monday Boost episode has moved to Facebook Live on Mondays, the Monday after this episode airs i would love for you to join me over on facebook live that monday all right that's going to do it for this episode remember we're all friends of a feather so let's stick together have a great week and i'll see you next time bye friend